0: For those of you who may not know me, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm one of the elders here, and uh, I'm, uh, I just want to share for a minute, it's been uh, such a great journey, um, uh, really pressing into the vision and distinctives that Beth has been sharing about the last few weeks. Um, really, for, for all of the leadership, just to be really praying about, you know, where is God leading us and clarifying, you know, the the specific lane that God has for our church, Gate City Vineyard. Um, uh, it's been really, really fruitful and, and rewarding. And I wanna share that this is a journey for our whole church. You know, we, we want everybody that calls Gate City Vineyard home to feel ownership over this and, and to feel really connected to, to our vision and to our distinctives. And so to that end, if you have any questions or suggestions or comments about the vision or, or distinctives, I know there's a lot there. So we want to be open. We want you to come to us. Let's talk about it. We'd love to hear because we believe God's calling all of us to do this together and, and clarify the vision together. So. Then the second thing is we also don't want the vision to just be something that sits on a piece of paper or or on a web page somewhere and doesn't really do anything. I think that can happen with vision statements. Um, we want it to be a lot different here. We want it to be a continual process uh, of evaluating, right? How, how our rhythms and how our practices and everything we do here at Gate City Vineyard and how we do life together, how does that fit into our vision and our distinctives. So, to that end, we're going to have some of our leaders um, share briefly today about different ministries, different things going on in the church, and how those are shaped by and informed by our vision and distinctives. So, to start, let's let's pull up, pull up the vision statement that we're that we're learning to fall in love with. Um, Gate City Vineyard is a welcoming, come as you are, community of Jesus followers who seek to spread the love of God. Wherever we go, and invite people to experience that love for themselves. That was awesome. You guys did that without prompting. Like gold star. That's that's awesome. Um, and I'm gonna, so I'm just going to talk for a couple minutes about outreach, our outreach ministry, and the phrase I want to capture here is wherever we go. Okay, so we want to be an outward-focused community that's always looking ways to spread God's love wherever we go. So that doesn't just happen within these walls. We want it to happen wherever you go, wherever I go, wherever we go. And so we want being outward focused to be something that's at the core of who we are right in our DNA. So it's not just we're going to do an outreach, you know, t- a couple times a year and then that's going to check the box of doing outreach. We want being outward focused to be something that's just ingrained in us, that is just part of who we are individually and corporately. Um, And then what's unique is how we do outreach. So if you could pull up the next slide. Firstly, we minister to the physical, mental, and spiritual needs of others in in Jesus' name. So we're really driven by this conviction that God wants everyone to thrive, and to thrive, that has to be something that happens inside and outside, right, it's a, it's a whole person type thing. And so because of that, we want to mini- we partner with God in ministering to the whole person and to every need that people have. So when you think about some of our ministries, you think about grocery giveaway and the, and the backpack giveaway and church under the bridge, you know, all of those have a physical component you know, food or the backpacks, but they also have a very real spiritual component and a very real relational component. Um, And so one of the things, you know, um, that I've been just amazed by and blessed by at grocery giveaway is how prayer-centered it is. Um, You know, Debbie faithfully makes the phone calls week after week after week, and what she hears over and over again is... You can get food in a lot of places, but you can't get the prayer and the community that happens in the parking lot on Wednesday mornings. You can't get that other places. I mean, God is at work in the parking lot. We're having church out there on Wednesday mornings. And, uh, and I think that's just, it's just such a powerful example of ministering to the whole person. And then next, we serve with a posture of humility, recognizing that we are each equally in need of God's grace, mercy, and healing. I think unintentionally, in a, in a lot of charitable organizations, it's really easy for there to be kind of two parties that are established, right? It's It's the people that are doing the giving and the people that are doing the receiving, kind of a us and them. And our deep, deep prayer is that that that's not how we do things. Um, we seek to remove any distinction of us and them. Rather, it's, it's about building relationships. It's about building friendships, getting to know one another, and helping one another. Um, I love this quote from a book I highly recommend. It's called When Helping Hurts, um, and the authors say this, North American Christians need to overcome the materialism of Western culture and see poverty in more relational terms. It requires us to understand our brokenness and embrace the message of the cross in deep and profound ways saying to ourselves every day, I'm not okay. You're not okay. But praise God, Jesus can fix us both. So so poverty is something that we all experience. In different ways, it might not be material poverty, but there's relational poverty, there's spiritual poverty, there's emotional poverty, and all of us experience poverty because we're broken people in a broken world. But we also know that there's amazingly good news, right? That, that as vineyard people in particular, we're kingdom people, and we believe that God wants to make earth look more like heaven, and he gives us the privilege of partnering with him to do that and so that's, that's the ultimate goal of all of our outreach efforts. And I, I, just, I love the imagery in Isaiah 25 that, that describes the kingdom of God in all of its fullness. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the f- best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. What an amazing picture of God meeting physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs, and then that first part, it's a feast for all people together. And that that's our prayer as we do outreach, both as a church and individually. How can we create an environment where we are all feasting together and and asking God to bring comfort and healing to all of us together? So my word for you today for all of us is let's ask God, who, who can I serve today? And how can I serve them in a way that builds community? that builds bridges and builds relationship. So with that, I will hand it over to Tim.
1: Well said, Chris, thank you. So um, I was out of town this week, and so um, we didn't collaborate a lot on this, um, but I asked the Lord um, for what I wanted to share to give me some verses. So I'm gonna share three verses. I'm not gonna unpack a lot. Chris just did the first one for me very well, so I'm not gonna take a lot of time, but let's, um, so back to the, um, the same distinctive that Chris shared uh, under we care for the whole person, that we minister to the physical, mental, and spiritual needs of others in Jesus' name. We serve with a posture of humility, recognizing that we are all equally in need of God's grace, mercy, and healing. So the first scripture that the Lord gave me about that is Philippians 2, uh, one through four. Um, this is honestly one of my favorite passages in the Bible, so much so that Mary and I had this, uh, these verses engraved in our wedding rings when we got married. Um, so, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So I think as we go about and serve others in that capacity, and Chris said it well, we do it with a posture of humility. And it's not an us versus they, as he said, and I'm not gonna elaborate on that, but just we're, we're just one beggar showing another beggar where to find food. And I love, uh, I didn't make that up, but I love the way that, that sounds. And so, you know, sometimes, we're never better. Sometimes we're better off in certain areas and can help, but we're never better. And so I love that posture of humility. The next scripture was in First Timothy. 1 Timothy um, 6, 17 through 19. Command those who are rich in the present world. And let's just all agree, by world standards, we are all rich, right, in this room. So um, not by American standards, but by global standards. Um, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life." Paul said that three different ways to get his point across were to be generous and to give, right? And then lastly, the last scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 8. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, you will abound in every good work. And I think this verse just speaks to intentionality, you know, and it's not just about money. Um, So often when we we read this verse, money comes to mind and money's a part of it, but so is our time, our prayer life, and we need to be intentional and be willing to offer God the first fruits of all those things. Um, So that really spoke to me. And Matthew 621 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But I think the converse of that is really true as well. Where your, um, where your heart is, your treasure will follow, right? So once we understand where God's heart is, that's where we want our hearts to be, right? And I think he's clearly showed that in scripture about um, ministering to the whole person. And once we understand where our heart is, our treasure will follow. And again, our treasure is not just money. I want you, when you read about those scriptures, think about your time, think about your prayer life. And, and I wanna say right now to some of you out there, some of you aren't in a season in life where you can do a lot of hands and feet serving. And I wanna give you grace. There are other ways to give, either monetarily or just in prayer. And so feel free to, to do that. But for those of you that can, jump in the river. God's moving and it's a great opportunity. So these verses inform not only what we um, do personally as believers, but as a church. So as we craft the church's budget, we allow our vision and distinctives to dictate where our resources go. So after we've taken care of the basics of the building needs and payroll and operational needs, we want to earmark dollars that we have to things like outreach, benevolence, refugee assistance, overseas missions, and programs like grocery giveaway, backpack giveaway, under the bridge, et cetera. A lot of opportunities. In this way, our treasure will follow God's heart as this church is meant to do. I'm gonna call up Susan next.
2: Hi, I'm Susan Gerdner and I'm the children's pastor here at Gate City Vineyard and I'm gonna sit on the floor so you, you will not forget that I am the children's pastor. All right, I've got a couple things in my bag today for you. I bet you wanted a commercial break here of a children's pastor lesson. What do you see? glow sticks so one of our visions here with the children's program is we want our children in a dark world to shine like lights last week that was really our emphasis so as you're thinking of our children's program that is one of our goals and i think that really goes with what chris said about the outreach thinking about when they go into their schools being the light of christ all right i've got something else in my bag here do you remember we've been talking about a gps all right so for kids, it would be very difficult to, know, to work with a GPS if you aren't familiar with a map. So I want you to think about our children's program as if I am showing them the map. So when they become adults, they are familiar with what's on their screen on the GPS. So we're thinking about where we want to go. My verse today was um, Luke two fifty-two. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man so i'm going to start with because one of our emphasis was we are jesus people and that's what we want our children to be jesus people so with the head so i think of head heart hands and health as um, grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with god and man but for head i want the children to know the gospel we go through the whole bible that's what we spent last year doing this year we are emphasizing the life of christ in my V Kids class, in our V Kids class, 20 minutes, we open the Bible and we read the story from the Bible. Also, heart. I not only want it to be head knowledge, I want it to be heart knowledge as well. So I want our children to know how to apply the Bible to their lives. That it's a story for them and they are part of that story. And their job is getting once they have Jesus in their heart, and he is a gift and you do not have to work for salvation, to go take that light to other people. So that idea of the glow stick. Hands, I want our children to know that, and it goes exactly with what Chris was saying. We are here to serve, but we are also, can open our lives up, and it goes with the idea of the flesh wound um, from Monty Python that there are times that we need to be served and having that humility to say, I need prayer. I want our children to know that they can go to one another, go to an adult to get prayer. They don't have to handle life and the challenges of school alone. And you all are here as their cheerleaders in a way as well. Having that community around you when it seems like the pressures are intense. And my last one, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with, god and in favor with man but grew in stature is about health we minister to the whole person so when i teach a bible lesson i just don't sit with the bible and read the bible we have some kind of fun um object experience i bet you're going to remember what i talked about today because of the object lessons i brought or the balloon activity that we did like you all remember this image of heaven and us spreading the gospel throughout our community so um, just to bring it back to how I see the vision in our children's ministry, and I do need volunteers. So um, if you would like to minister, join this ministry in the nursery level, um, the kinder church level, or the VKids level. So um, I think I'm supposed to introduce Joy. Come on up. i got to clean up my mess though. Okay.
3: So give me a moment. All right, no problem. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate that. Okay, my name is Joy Thomas, and I am the prayer ministry leader. And I just want to thank y'all so much for being here and to let you know that we are a church of prayer. We love to pray. And so the first... um, guiding principle that we follow is that each person is wonderfully made in the image of God and reflects him in body, mind, and spirit. Each of us can come to him just as we are and he is able to bring us restoration and healing. We intentionally foster lifelong spiritual growth and discipleship to Jesus. And I love this because we can pray for others and watch God move in your life. And that's what we want to be able to do. We want to be able to do this all the time. So when you see us around praying, I will stop and just pray for you. If you need prayer, please don't hesitate because that's what we're here for. And we know that God is a healer. We know that he loves us. He loves us with an everlasting love. And God wants us to be whole. And God made us in his image and his likeness because he wants us to be his hands and feet here on the earth. He wants us to be his hands and feet at our jobs. He wants us to be his hands and feet in the supermarket, in the laundry, in our homes, with our children. And sometimes we may not feel that way, but that's what God wants. So for the prayer ministry team, we depend on the Holy Spirit to guide and direct our prayers. We care about everyone we pray for, no matter what situation you're going through, whether it's good, bad, happy, or sad, we are here to pray for you. We wanna be able to celebrate the good times with you just as well as we wanna be able to pray for you when you're struggling. So we want you to know that we think about you all the time and we want to pray with you. And we're here to stand with you to believe God with you, not separate from you, or to think that you have to do this by yourself. And so we know that God will answer prayer. Now, he may not do it the way we want him to answer it, but he will do it. And so we also ask how we can pray for you and listen to you and to God. We listen to you and to God. And we invite the Holy Spirit and allow him to work and to do his work in you and us. We then ask, how are you doing after we pray for you? This reflects how we care for each person when we pray for them. So the scripture that, that I have um, to talk about is Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. And it says, come to me. You who labor and are heavy laden, now I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We want to learn from Jesus. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That means that we can come to Jesus with everything at all times, anytime, day or night. He's always there. And we never have to worry about him leaving us because he said that he will never leave us or forsake us. And so this is an invitation from Jesus to us to come to him. And so we want to come to him, and we want to be able to bring him any concern that we have, any thought that we have, anything that's going on with us or our family members. We want to be able to take up, On that invitation to him and so here at GCV we care and we have a space that's open for you to come and pray each time that pastor Beth opens up and she allows us the prayer ministry team to come over and pray with you and we want to be able to do that we want you to be able to bring your situation to Jesus you're not bringing it to us you're bringing it to him and so when you come We're standing there with you, praying with you, so we can allow Holy Spirit to pray and minister to you in any way that he sees fit. Not the way we pray, but the way Jesus sees fit, okay? So you can make your requests known to the Lord. So our next guiding principle states, we minister to the physical, mental, and spiritual needs of others in Jesus' name. We serve with a posture of humility recognizing that we are each equally in need of God's grace, mercy, and healing. All of us, every single last one of us, if we're human and walking this earth, we all need God's grace. We all need it, we all need his mercy. And the Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning. So that means that when we open our eyes up in the morning, we have new mercy and we can start over again, and we want to be able to do that. And here at GCV, we want to let you know at the prayer, the prayer ministry that we care about you. We really, really do care about you. We care about the whole person, just, not just uh, mentally or emotionally, but we care about you physically, and we care about you spiritually. We're not here to judge you at all. And so when you come up to pray with us, we're not standing there trying to you know, see who comes up and if we can talk about you after you leave. No, we are here to love you and stand with you because we all have our own issues. So nobody is walking around here without an issue, okay? We all need God's grace. And so we want, we want to be able to pray for you because we're grateful and thankful we're thankful to be able to pray for you. We're grateful to be able to pray for you. And we wanna know that we're here to support you and that to minister to your needs. And so whatever need that you have, you can come to any one of us and we will be willing to pray for you. And, I'm, and for me, I will stop where I am and pray for you. I don't care if we're in the vestibule, I don't care if we're here, I don't care if we're outside in front of your car, in your car, I will pray for you. And we all will so if you need prayer feel free to just know that we all love and care about you and that we're here for you and so i also want to say that when the opportunity is open for you to come to for prayer please feel free don't be ashamed to come up because we really really want to pray for you and some days we don't get the opportunity to and we know that, you know, even if it's something happy, you know, something that you're going through, that you're celebrating, we can pray, pray into that for you too, okay? So feel free. And my last thing that I'd like to say, that if you feel that nudge from the Holy Spirit to join us and join the prayer ministry or intercessory prayer, then please come see me. And I will add you to our list and put your name down, and then you can come to our next training session that we will be having this fall in September. Amen? Okay, and I am to introduce Charles. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, thank you. You
4: are a joy. Okay, so I'm Charles. I serve as the youth pastor and the worship leader here. It's such an honor and a privilege. The first point, emphasis of the youth ministry, is we are a caring family. So that is the emphasis of our church. We love and we welcome children, youth, the elderly, families, singles, married people to all participate in the life of the church. And I really can vouch for this youth group. We really are a caring family. I am so impressed with the youth here. Like, I am so impressed by how each of them love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, and I just want to say good job to the parents because it's easy to get to work with 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 the youth here. I mean, I'm really blessed. I'm so blessed. And I sincerely, truly do enjoy hanging out with them. And, like, we just went tubing yesterday. It was really cool. I got sunburned. Not cool. But it was, <laughs> it was fun. So we are a welcoming youth group as well. So, and I think because we have such a solid group right now, that it's a good foundation for us to build on. And I do believe that the Lord is going to continue to add to our number. And so we're currently meeting on a weekly basis at George and Trish's house. And so I'm so grateful for George and Trish being willing to to host us there. It's been a wonderful, wonderful place, and we're able to really just open up to one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, and worship together. And so it's cool what the Lord's doing with that. And like I said, we are a welcoming caring family, so we in, we in, we incorporate and invite the, the parents to participate in the youth activities. We let the parents know, like, what's coming up and invite them. So we, we want both the parents and the youth to all know what's going on and to be invited out to this together, so I am really looking forward to the next three months of youth activities that we have planned, September through Oh, goodness, where are we at? We're in August, yeah, September through November, and we have some really, really cool youth activities coming up, and I'm printing out making these calendars to give to the youth. The youth can give it to their friends. Their friends can give it to their friends, and it will look really nice, and the parents will have it so we know what's coming up for the next three months, and we can just all stay engaged and connected and all together. So anyway, the second point, is we teach the whole gospel. That is a main emphasis. Every single time we come together, we're talking about Jesus because he's awesome, right? So we talk about Jesus, and we keep the main thing, the main thing. He is the main thing. So it's all about him. It's about our identity and our worth to Jesus, what he did as us, for us, and the free gift of salvation that he gives to every one of us. And just emphasizing that week after week and opening up discussions around that as well. So the gospel is, is so powerful. And we, we value both in-reach, outreach, helping the students, like I said, discover their worth, their value. This is who I am to the Father. And then out of that place flows ministry. It's from that place, knowing that this is who I am in Jesus. This is who he is in me. And then from there you start to just live a life that looks like him. As you get around him, as you get to know him, you start you start to be transformed into his image and you just start to your life takes on that that reality. So we're all about that. We're all about that. So okay, so there's there's the youth ministry again, so excited and so honored like I'm so honored to get to be with these youth I love them so much so I really do and the next one is youth uh, not youth ministry worship ministry so I love I love the team I mean I love what the Lord is doing on this team and honestly it's such a pleasure and a blessing to get to work with you all and you know God's adding to our number as well which is great so he's bringing more people on board with us that are just people in the congregation who are saying I want to sign up for that. You know, I feel like God's calling me to be a part of that, and I want to join that as well. So if that is you, come talk to me, and let's talk. Maybe the Lord has given you a gift, a musical gift, something that you've had for a while. and We can talk about that and discern and see where the Lord might be placing you. So just let me know. A couple of people have come up to me, and we've, we've we're doing an onboarding process and everything. So anyway, so but... Our first point is we follow God's lead. We seek the Spirit's leading and inviting others to follow Jesus and experience life transformation. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So he is here. I always emphasize almost every week that where two or more are gathered in his name, that he's there with them. He's not a million light years away. He's here. And what we're doing is we're just saying, God, help us become aware of that as we do your perspective begins to come into agreement with that reality. Start to see, whoa, he really is here. He is with me. He is for me. And all things are possible here. So anything that you come with, any burden, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, like he's here. And worship is a time that we're lifting him up and we're it is prayer. I mean, it is essentially prayer. It is, we're just singing it's prayer in song. It's, we're getting it off of our chest and we're receiving what he has in return. So, inviting others to follow Jesus. So, and the gospel. We teach the gospel through song every week, just like we did the first song. What was the first song? God so loved the world. So, we just quoted John 3.16. It is it is re-emphasizing and reiterating that truth so we can sing it. It's like you, you know, you're in the, your car and you just start singing this. And it's something that isn't just intellectual, but it's something. I think song really helps it helps you internalize that truth. And the Lord, the Spirit, just bears witness with your spirit. And he starts to bring that out of you at times during the day where where you just start singing something. It comes to mind, and so that's what I really, I really like to, I want to be careful about the songs we choose, because, you know, I want to keep the focus on Jesus. We just, I mean, like, you really can't go wrong when it's just, there's some things that we can sing 100% of the time. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. That's never going to change. So... (laughs) So amen, all right, and that is all I wanted to say. So thank you all so much for having me, and I'm gonna invite Relisa up now to speak. Amen.
5: Good morning. This has been really special. First off, I'm gonna ask you all for prayer. I thought I could do this without without it. I'm in the middle of a, what is known as a sarcoid flare, and my lungs are full, so I'm going to talk a little quieter than I usually do and a little slower, but I am going to say what I have to say, what God has given me to say this morning. I love that the word whole came out of everyone's mouth this morning. The word whole, in and of itself, means complete. And that is what we are trying to be. In order to be complete, we have to be inclusive. We have to include everyone. We have to welcome everyone. We have to invite everyone. And so this morning, I'm gonna talk about how we function as a whole and healthy church and focus on the word whole. I have two distinctives that resonate with me. As an elder, as a participant in many of the outreach activities, and as a leader of the prayer ministry with, with joy, we make space for the full functioning of the gifts of God and seek to create a welcoming culture for all people, from all backgrounds. We affirm women and men to serve in all levels of leadership, according to their gifting. So that's number one, to make space. I, I uh, highlighted the make space, because that's what we do. That's what we will do. We will make space. We pursue, the second one is, we pursue diversity, knowing that we will be better representatives of Jesus in the world if we listen to and learn from various perspectives and cultural voices. As Beth elaborated on our distinctives, the scripture that came to mind was Isaiah 54.2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. This was a really, uh, this scripture means a lot to me. But in this context, it reminded me um, of my childhood. I grew up camping, hunting, and fishing and i don't mean like every now and then this was our thing to do every weekend every holiday we were camping fishing and hunting and yes i can bait my own hook okay <laughs> <laughs> so 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 the so the idea of the tent brought to memory us putting up our tent um now this was before you know the tents that you can just throw out there and they pop up for you. This was before that. And the tent that we had was a 10 to 12 man tent, family was five to seven people on any given weekend or holiday, Um, and it was that big, massive um, canvas tent. Right? It was in its own case, the poles had a case, the cords had a case, everything had a case. And it was heavy. So you'd go and you'd um, find your camping spot, and then you would stretch out the tent, right? And so in our case, most of the times it was my mom, my dad, and three kids. Although sometimes it'd be five kids. But we'd all get to a corner, and you'd stretch the tent as far as it would go. But you wouldn't put the pegs in yet, because then you had to put the poles together. So you put the poles together, stretch those, and then, as the kids, we'd hold them as far as we could, as long as we could, while my dad ran around with the cords tightening everything down. This way, we made room inside for each of us to live together on that holiday. And that's the image that came to me as I thought about what it means to be an inclusive church. We all put that tent up together so that we could all live in it together. And that's what I want us to do here. I want us all to widen the tent poles of Gate City Vineyard. I want us all to work to make room for each other, and for those who will come. I want us to be intentional about welcoming people. I love it when I come in in the mornings and people come up to me and say hello, and I love to say hello to people. That's a good start, but that is not what welcoming community is. Welcoming community means that we then invite people into our homes right? It means that we we do life together. Get in a life group. Get to know each other. I know a lot of y'all think you know what collard greens taste like. (laughs) Y'all need to invite me to one of your dinners and let me bring you some collards. Okay? We got to get to know each other. We got to get to know what makes each other tick. At the end of the day, we want to be the church that Jesus died for. I am down for racial and gender diversity. Those seem to be in my wheelhouse. But that's not the only kind of diversity right? We want to be welcoming to people with different abilities. We want to be welcoming to people who speak different languages, who come from different countries. We want to be welcoming to everyone. And in order to do that, we're going to have to be a little uncomfortable, okay? We don't know it all. I don't know it all. And so it is going to take all of us working together and all of us granting each other grace to get through this. And why? Why do we want to be this kind of church? Because this is the church we are called to be. I like the way that Derek Morphew, who I don't know how I just discovered him, he is a pastor, a vineyard pastor from South Africa, who wrote a book called Breakthrough, Discovering the Kingdom. And this is what he says about the church. The world must be able to look at the church and see something of God's eternal future. As disciples love one another, the world must see what eternal relationships are like. The inclusiveness of the church must express something of the great multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and tongue. The order of a disciple's life, as Christ reigns over every part of it, must express the wholeness of the world to come, where faith, hope, and love will abide. That's why we do So I have an invitation. First, come as you are. Don't clean up. Don't leave any part of yourself at home. We want to see it all. You are welcome just as you are. Whatever that means for you, right? If you, and I come out of the black church tradition, so getting ready in the morning used to be a thing, So there are Sundays, you're gonna see me come in here with eight inch heels on and, you know, I go, I do almost everything except wear a hat. (laughs) But y'all love me anyway, right? Come as you are. We are going to make room for you. So that's the first thing. I also invite you, as I've already done, but I wanna reiterate, I want you to be a part of the process. And so some of you are going to feel really comfortable doing the, the things and saying the words. Some of you not so much. And that is okay. But what I want you to be comfortable doing is coming to me, any other elder, Beth, any staff member, or any other person in the church who you know will come to one of us with your concerns. If you are sitting here today and you are feeling unseen or unheard, that is not okay. And to be clear, it it is not because we don't see you or don't hear you, but we need to know. None of us is perfect and we won't get this perfect. But here's what I know. If inclusivity is going to be a thing in this world, it's got to be in the church first. If the church can't get it right, it won't be gotten. So y'all, come on this journey with Gate City Vineyard to be an inclusive and a welcoming church where all are welcome authentically as themselves into the kingdom of God. All right, George, close us out.
6: Yeah, this is the way they get to uh, make me talks, you know, a little bit, instead of a lot, <laughs> they say, you close the service, ah, oh. all right. One of the things I love, I love about the vineyard is that everyone gets to play these distinctives tell us how we get to play why we get to play I absolutely love that no other denomination really grasps that to the level because it all boils down to this every single one of us in this room we're all called by Jesus to be priests we're a kingdom built of priests. He has called every single one of us in this room. You may not be a leader yet, but to be a leader, as you've seen all these wonderful people that have come up, guess what? We don't have it all together. Guess what? We don't have all the answers, but we come together with the love of Christ in our heart and the, and the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and directing us. So one of the most important things I love about the Vineyard and these distinctives that make us so different than any other place I've ever been is that every single one of us has a part to play. We are involved in one way, shape, or another whether it's through relationship, whether it's through the ministry opportunities that we have, we have an opportunity to walk this out together. And then when we let Jesus lead in our heart, then Jesus becomes what people see. You know what's absolutely wonderful if you think about this? Is Jesus, everywhere he went, he touched lives, right? Well, where is he right now? He's in us. And don't you think that he's continuing that? Because that's who he was. So in us and through us, he continues to minister out of his heart. He just happens to be in here and, uh, and allows us to be hands and feet to that process as well. I love the vineyard because we impact each other and we impact community. And we impact the world. And we do it because all of us in here believe it. And we accept it. And we move into that space because God is so good. God is so good. And one of the greatest ways to attain healing is to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit when He says, you know, I want you to minister to that person over there. And, and you know, you, you're fighting it and you're saying, but Lord, I'm messed up. I don't, I don't know how to do that. And he's saying, I really think you should go and pray for that person or I really think you should introduce yourself to that person. I really think you should invite that person into your home. And sometimes out of our brokenness and our broken places, he allows us to minister in such a way that we're the ones that get healed powerful thing it's a powerful thing and right right now there's been a couple of things that have just some words that have just been said over and over and over to heaviness I feel like there's probably some people right now in this place that just have a sense of heaviness whether life is getting really really big really hard but there's a heaviness there's a are there teachers in the house there's a few Guess who's getting ready to start a new year? I bet that's been pretty hectic trying to think about that right now. People are changing jobs. People are without jobs. So if you're if you're heavy and you're weary, I'm gonna lift this hand because the other one don't lift anymore. If there's anyone who's weary today, can you raise your hand? If anyone in the, look, look around, there's there's friends here with their hands lifted up because they're Does anyone have a sense of heaviness on them right now? If you have have a heaviness, lift your hands up. And look around. Those of you who don't have your arms up, this is the part where we get to play. Just look around the room and see these hands raised up. And just extend a hand as we pray. Lord, we thank you. Father God, that you are here in, in our midst. Father, you see our friends, Lord God, with their hands lifted high because they're weary. Father, they've been in the battle. Father, and sometimes they don't don't know what the purpose of the battle is, but they know they've been in it. Whether it's work has been too hard or work has not been enough, finances are stretched, our bodies are stretched, our income is stretched, everything just feels like it's stretching and it hurts. Father, we just ask that you would just come sweetly, Father, over your people. Because you said, come to me, all of those who are heavy laden, and I will give you what? I will give you rest. You know what rest is? Rest is that awesome presence of the Spirit falling down upon you with his glorious peace peace in your soul is what he's offering and he doesn't give like the world gives when he gives you peace it settles it's a settling peace and so lord we ask for that peace right now father to just fall over your people over your children father god and we ask lord god that you move in power that you would lift that burden father because our bodies weren't meant to carry burden But father you said lay it onto your altar of grace you, Lord God, are built to carry that heaviness for us, and we thank you, Lord God. And so, Lord, we just pray, as the ministry ministry team comes up, as the worship team comes up, Father, we thank you that you are here, that you are present, and anyone, Father God, who is just, res- just feeling those things, Father, in their spirit, we ask that you would just come and fill them, Father God. Come and fill them with your presence, your spirit, that you would guide and direct our steps, Father God, to a greater knowing of who you are, a greater knowing of your presence in in our life, Father God, that we would be rejuvenated, Lord, that we would have strength for the day because you are with us. And Lord, we just want to thank you that you give us every opportunity, Lord God, to receive your mercy to receive your grace and to receive your love because we are all in the same boat. We're all broken. We're all broken and we're riding on this boat of GCV trying to find you and your spirit. We're trying to find you in the waves, in the storm and we thank you that you're here. We don't have to look very far because you're always with us. So Lord, we just thank you. We just pray, Father, that you would continue working in our friends' hearts and in their spirits. Father God, make yourself known
4: in this place.